Good morning, church. It's good to see you this morning. Go ahead and take out your Bibles. Something to take notes with. Kids, y'all can head out if you haven't yet. Sam forgot again. Well, we've got some uh, friends and legends in the house this morning. The Reverend Father, Dr. David Campbell. And his incredible wife, Elaine. Can you give a wave? Just, I know you won't stand up if I ask you to, so... I know Wade would do. If you're here at Kingdom Conference, you got to meet them. They're good friends of mine, and they uh, were able to be in town for this morning. Somebody messed with my thingy-majigger. So uh, this is your official invitation to Kingdom Conference this year. So everybody's hearing it, so you have to come. <laughs> Strategic, not manipulative, okay? Come on. Open up to Matthew chapter 6. We are continuing our series that we started last week. We're doing this whole series throughout the Lenten season called Union, Communion, and Partnership. We are learning to pray. We're talking about prayer here on Sunday mornings. And then, like Sam just said, we have various opportunities to, for you to come and pray with other people in the church throughout the week. I finished last week telling you that if you just sit through this series. All it is is seven sermons that you heard one time, but I just encourage you to be participating in Lent by fasting from something and abstaining from something as a reminder to you each day to pray, to put this into practice. And I'm encouraging you to come to these corporate times so that you can put this into practice and, and grow in prayer together uh, because we, we want to grow in union with God. We want to grow in communion with God. We want to grow in partnership with God. And that's not going to happen by hearing by you hearing me talk about it. We've got to lean in and we've got to actually uh, practice this together. So these Sundays are the teaching part. The practice part is happening throughout the week. Last week, we talked about in Matthew chapter 6, how Jesus teaches us the reward of prayer. And beginning this morning, we're going to get into the kind of substance of the Lord's Prayer and take it sort of one statement at a time. And this morning, we're beginning with our Father in heaven, holy is your name. So go ahead and stand for the reading of the word of God. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, we thank you so much for your word this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you would invite us into your reality. We thank you for this opportunity to gather in your holy name. We thank you for even this scripture and these weeks we have together and what we're praying for God is we're praying more than learning something in our heads that we would experience the relationship with you of union and communion and partnership. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us through your word. Like Sam prayed, God, I'm asking that as we come into the Lord's Prayer that we would come as disciples ready to learn from our master. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. We thank you that you have answered that prayer already. You are teaching us to pray. Oh, God, that we would be hungry to hear from you. That we would really believe you are speaking to us and teaching us how to come into the secret place with you. We're asking, Lord, that you would teach us and shape us, rebuke us, encourage us, train us, whatever is needed by your holy word this morning. We, we receive it wherever we're hungry, Lord, just by your grace, make us hungry if we're not. We thank you for these moments together. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. We spent our time last week in verses 1 through 8. In verse 9, Jesus starts off, pray then like this. I think it's worth noting from the get-go that that's different than saying, pray this. Pray, pray then like this. Jesus, in the Lord's Prayer that we are diving into this morning, he is, he is teaching us how to pray, not just specifically what to pray. And those are different things. He, in, in fact, we've got to remember verses 1 through 8 that we just read and we talked about last week. Didn't he just get done telling us that prayer isn't about all of the empty words that you can throw up? Yeah. Heather heard it. Anybody else? Is, is that not in there? Is that not verses 1 through 8? Participation sport. We can't forget that he just got done telling us all of that. So what that means is that as we jump into the Lord's Prayer, we need to remember his teaching that prayer is not about length, it's not about volume, and he's not giving us a formula. He's giving us sort of more of an outline. Pray then like this. This isn't a formula of something you should do. It's an outline for union and communion and partnership with God. So as you come to the Lord's Prayer, and I feel like I can't say this enough, as, as we come to the Lord's Prayer, let us come with eyes looking, they're searching for the outline for union and communion and partnership with God. I want to listen with those kind of ears. I want to look at it with those eyes and leave behind the, the, the bad version of familiarity that can numb us to the fact that, like I prayed, this is Jesus' answer to our prayer, Lord, teach us to pray. Would we come to it saying, oh my gosh, Jesus is teaching me how to pray. Not, oh, I knew some religious people who used to do this one time. Or I've heard this a thousand times before. When are we going to get to the good stuff? This is the Lord Jesus saying, pray then like this. 
Do you want union and communion and partnership with God? Pray then like this. Don't pray like all of those other things and distractions. Pray then like this, says the Lord Jesus. And the first thing that he gives us in our outline. He says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. For the rest of our time, we're going to go with holy is your name. Just to bring it to a little bit more of a word that we sing sometimes. It means the same thing. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Last week we talked about how in verses 1 through 8, teach, in verses 1 through 8, Jesus teaches us that prayer is driven by the reward of prayer. Were you here last week for the reward of prayer? Oh, were you encouraged, Beth? Oh, I want the reward of prayer. There's a reward in prayer. And Jesus teaches us that your prayer is driven by your reward, by the reward of prayer. That is our drive to and in the place of prayer. And he, he gives us this permission, this exhortation to let that be the reward of prayer. Let it be our motivation in prayer, our aim in the place of prayer. The reality is that you will not pray more when you learn how to pray more. You will pray more when you are convinced that there is a reward in the secret place of prayer. And that that reward is the Father who sees in secret. That is what will bring you into the place of prayer. And I'm just going to tell you this whole series, my prayer, my, what, what's going on inside of me. I like, don't even want to write this or preach this. I'm just like, God, we, what we all need, I need it. We all need to just see you at the door of the secret place. Just saying, come in. I don't know how to teach that. I don't know how to preach that. You don't need to hear that from me. You need to see that and hear that and taste that from Jesus. And I'm praying that we would, we would see that and hear that and taste the Lord Jesus opening the door to the secret place and saying, come in to me. Come in to me. Come in to the reward of the secret place. Jesus prefaces the Lord's prayer by teaching us that reward is the motivation of prayer. And he starts the Lord's Prayer by teaching us that revelation is the substance of prayer. Reward is the motivation of prayer. Revelation is the substance of prayer. It's like six of you wrote that down. Reward is the motivation of prayer. And Jesus teaches us here at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer that revelation is the substance of prayer. The substance of prayer is not your imagination, magnification, recitation, repetition. The substance of prayer is revelation. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Jesus tells us plainly in verse 7, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for the many words. Do not be like them. The substance of prayer is not you imagining what God might want to hear and how he might want to hear it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I mean, is, that's not, isn't it, we've all prayed those prayers, and we get done with those, and those are the ones that leave us thinking, I do not know how to pray. 
The substance of prayer is God revealing himself to you as he really is. That's the substance of it. The, the mass of prayer is revelation. The substance of prayer is the revelation of God that only comes from God. The Lord Jesus tells us, pray then like this. Do not be like them. Do not be like them, leaning on their own strength of their imagination and their motivation and their recitation and their repetition. Pray then like this, our Father. Our Father. When Jesus teaches you to begin praying with our Father, he's not, he's not teaching you that the first thing that you need to do in prayer is remind God who he is. Jesus teaches us to pray our Father because prayer starts with God reminding us of who he is. Prayer begins with the revelation of who God is. He is our Father. Before we get to ourselves in prayer, we need to start by remembering who He is. Our Father. God reveals Himself to us as a Father. Think on who he is. Let him show you who he is, our father. Start by thinking on him, seeing him, our father. He is the source. He is the initiator. He is the provider. He is the creator. He is the head. He is the giver of all good things. He is all of those things. He is almighty God. He is alpha and omega. He is beginning and end, and he is father. He is father. He is close. Prayer isn't just worship of our God. It isn't just obedience to the king. It isn't just honoring our creator. Prayer is union with our father. As the reverend father, Dr. David Campbell says, no prayer would even be possible if that relationship did not exist. But because it does, a whole world of possibility has opened up before us. Our father... <laughs> I couldn't even pray if that wasn't true. Our Father, our Father. Every time that you follow the lead of the Lord Jesus and you begin praying, our Father, God is reintroducing himself to you. And you need that every time you pray. It's kind of like we need communion every time we come to church. I need to remember I love my kid every time he's about to get in trouble, right? We need reminders. And every time we pray, the first thing we think of is him. The first thing we see is him. The first thing we are shown in the place of prayer is him. Sometimes I have to begin this prayer just Sometimes I spend most of my time in prayer just repeating this over and over again, not because it's empty words that I'm trying to throw up to God and I think he'll hear me and remember that he's my father if I'll say it over and over again, but because I need it. 
I need to repeat this over and over again. Sometimes I need to repeat it, and then I need to write it down, and then I need to say it again, and then I need to think on it, and then I need to meditate on it. Again, not because God will hear me, but because I need this confession. I need this confession. I need this revelation to chip away at the fog over my mind. I need this revelation to bring down the walls around my heart. I need this revelation to carry the burdens in my soul. I need this revelation to, in the weaknesses of my body until I see him, until I hear him, until I know and really believe again, oh my God, you are my father, our father. Come on, oh my soul, remember he is father. I need my father. You are my father. You are my father. Very simply, this tells us who God is. And because of who we know God is, one of the first things we know about him is that he cares for us. He is my father, and he cares for me. And that is a really encouraging place to start in prayer. a good place to start in prayer, our Father, this place of worship and exaltation, this place of confession and reverence and respect and gratitude and honor and invitation in to union and communion and partnership. The first thing that the Lord Jesus teaches you to pray is that God is inviting you into union with him, into communion with him, into partnership with him. He is reintroducing himself to you when we pray. Don't forget, <laughs> I am your father. Our father. Praise the Lord. The first thing we are taught in the place of prayer is, is his identity. And when we begin to learn his identity, we begin to learn, you begin to learn your identity. One thing that we have said since the beginning of our church is that when you know who God is, you begin to learn who you are. And in revealing himself to us as our father, he reveals to you that you are his child. Again, the doctor. No other religion addresses God in such intimate terms or understands that God himself loves us in such a way that he would make us his sons and daughters and treat us as such. We do not come to the Father in our own name, but in Jesus' name. Because of what he has done for us on the cross, because of the cross, we are sons and daughters of the living God. Our Father. Well, if you're my Father, what does that make me? Thank you, Lord. You are my Father, and I am your child. It's, it's starting to feel like some substance, isn't it? <laughs> something to hold, something to stand on. It is only through the cross that anyone can enter his family. There is no other way. Our Father. Why can you call him Father? Because you are in Christ. When you remember who he is, you begin to remember who you are. Not just the you that messed up, not just the you that is you, but you remember that if, if he is your father, that must mean you are in Christ. 
can everybody, can everybody call God Father like this? No. This, this, this revelation, our Father, it, it's not open. It's not for everyone. It is not for those who are not in Christ. Now, in one sense, God is the Father of all as the source and the creator. But in the familial sense, you can only call God Father if you are his child. If you have been adopted, if you have been born again by the blood of his Son and adopted by the power of his Spirit, in the place of prayer, you remember who he is. And my goodness, does that teach you who you are? You've been saved from something. You've been saved into something. You have been saved unto someone. You didn't just get saved from yourself. You got saved into union with your father as a child by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit. It is in prayer that you submit yourself to the fatherhood of God and you remember the gift of of your status as a son. And you remember that because you are his son and because he is your father, in prayer, you are now entering into all the promises that God has intended for his children and his heirs. Sign me up. Prayer begins in remembering who God is. And not just remembering who God is, but God himself revealing himself to you. Prayer begins with a revelation of who God is. It begins with confessing who God is. And when you make that confession, you remember who you are. He reveals himself as father. And that becomes a revelation of who you are as his child. But my friends, we cannot miss something extremely important here that Jesus is teaching us. Jesus did not tell you, pray then like this, my father. Do not miss this. We cannot miss this. And oh, how easy it is to miss it. He says, pray then like this. Our Father. Prayer begins with God showing you who he is, what his identity is. And when you begin to see his identity, you begin to learn who you are. But, but there's so much more. We have to remember we can actually only more fully understand his identity and your own identity when we remember our father. We don't have a full identity in Christ outside of each other. He's not just your father. He's better than that. He's our father. Just my father is not a sufficient enough revelation that Jesus wants to give in the place of prayer. He wants to give us the revelation that he is our father. And we must pray like this. We must pray that he, to him as he is our father. It is essential for our understanding of both who he is and who each one of us is to understand that he is our father. I'm not his only child. I am one of many children. I am not his body. I am one member of his body. I am not his bride. I am a part of the bride. He isn't just good enough to, to know and see me. He knows and sees all of his children. He isn't just good enough to reveal himself to me. He reveals himself to all of his children. He isn't just good enough 
to show me that he is who I need. He is who everybody needs. He isn't just available to me. He is available to all of his children. He knows, hears, sees, loves, calls, and reveals himself to all of us. All of us in the place of prayer. When I pray, our Father, I remember that he is Father. I remember that because he is my Father, he is everything I need. He is my provider and creator and sustainer and the giver of all good things. And I remember when I pray, our Father, that because he is our Father, he is also what you need and you need and you need and we all need. We are not to pray in a vacuum. Prayer Jesus is teaching us prayer has to be partnered with a revelation of the community of God. Right prayer happens when you understand you pray as part of the body. When you are praying for the body. When you are praying with the body. See, everything that I need is also what you need. Everything you need is also what I need because we are to be one in one another. We are baptized into one body in the Holy Spirit. We are to be one as he and the Father are one. I'm not supposed to get on my prayer island and just think that the world revolves and that the Father revolves all around just my needs. There is a time and a place to make your petitions known. Cast your burdens on the Lord. Absolutely. But we all must do that together. And I must also do that with you and for you as you must also do it with me and for me. Because that's how we encounter our Father as he really is. That's how we pray as Jesus taught us to pray. The world, this also reminds me that the world doesn't need me. The world needs our Father. And it's in this sense that the burden in prayer becomes the yoke of Jesus and not just a burden in prayer. I don't pray and see a vision of the Father and then realize that I am his son and so therefore I must go and save the world. (laughs) No, it's when you get a revelation of who he is and you see that he is everything you need, you actually then, not just in concept, but in revelation, you understand that every need you're carrying in the place of prayer is the need is someone's need for the father and instead of relying on your imagination of how you ought to pray for specific difficult situations so that they turn out the way you are hoping maybe they need to turn out are you tracking with me the world's too big life's too complicated hard things are way too hard for you to try to think well hopefully i'll play the right prayer to get this difficult situation figured out for so and so I mean, I probably what it needs is, here we go, Lord, empty phrases. And you know it. And I know it. It feels like empty phrases. Doesn't it? I know it's empty. But he's teaching us to pray. No, no, you don't, have to, you don't have to spend all of that energy on empty phrases. Come to the Father. Come to the Father. Know him as Father. Know him as your Father. Know him as our Father. And pray, pray like this. Our Father. He is everybody's need. And this reminds me that whatever I experience, whatever I, whatever I know of the Father, it's not just for me. 
God's not revealing himself to me in some special, unique way that's only for me. We get to know our Father. What God reveals to me is also for you. And what God, how God reveals himself to you is also true for me because we all have one Father, right? We don't all get a bunch of different fathers that we get to create in our own image in the place of prayer. God is a good father and he reveals his one self to all of us. When we pray our father, it brings you into union with God as he really is. And then as you commune with him as your father, you partner with him as our father. God, I thank you that today you are my father. God, the meetings that I have today, you're with me. I need you. I need your voice. You are my provider. You have everything that I need today every concern that I have, all of the things that I don't even know about, you are my Father. That every good thing I have is from you today. Every good thing I need will come from you today. Every good thing I could receive today will come from you today. Okay, now I gotta go be a good husband, right? Oh God, I thank you for my wife, that you are her Father. You have everything that she needs today. (laughs) She needs you today, Lord Jesus. Lord, that I would help her receive you today. Thank you that I don't have to be you. She needs you, Lord. I thank you that you are the father of my children, that they need you today. They need your voice today. They need your grace today. They need your presence today. And I pray, God, that they would know you as, your fa- as their father. I thank you, Lord, that you are their provider. You're the provider of not just for me, but for my wife and my children. And I don't have to carry that weight by myself today. Thank you that I don't have to take out that anxiety on anybody else. I don't have to be scared of anything or anybody else today. You are our Father, and you hold us. You hold us today. You know us today. You see us today. You are close to us today. You're not giving me strength to just be all these things. You are with us today. You are the one. You are the one that I need. You are the one that we need today, Lord. You are our Father. Substance out of Revelation. Our Father who is in heaven. Who is in heaven. Jesus is inviting you into the heavens in the place of prayer. Remember our Father and he is in heaven. Um, Ron mentioned the men's group. We've been reading this A.W. Tozer book and he has this chapter called The Eternity of God. That's what this is about. Our Father in heaven. It's a revelation from God of his, of his eternity, his eternality, his infinitude. His, 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 he's in heaven. He's not just my Father. He is in heaven. He is in eternity. He is before the beginning and after the end. He is present and above and beyond all things. Everything that I see, I see with my eyes. I know with my mind. I hear with my ears. I comprehend with my own understanding. But my Father, our Father, He is in heaven. He is over this whole thing. He saw it before this situation started. He knows this situation after it ends. And He's in the middle of it with me. And with every 
everybody else that's in it too. He is my father in heaven. So Lord, I thank you that you are our father. And the person that texted me this morning who's been going through some hard stuff that got the breakthrough this morning on some stuff, Lord, that was you because you saw it. And you saw it in the waiting, Lord. And you see how these next few weeks are going to go. And we have this anticipation that over these next few weeks that this is going to follow through. And whether it does or it doesn't, Lord, you are in heaven. And you are our father. And so you hold us if it works out as we think it does. You will hold us if it doesn't work out as we think it will. Lord, I thank you that you are eternal. You were before this challenge. You will be after this challenge. This challenge is the biggest thing almost in this person's world. But Lord, you are even bigger still. And as much as this thing has been so big in their eyes and as well as should be in their natural life, Lord, you, their father, have been holding them this whole time. Lord, would they know you this morning? Take rest in you. Do you see Jesus teaching you to pray? A great Greek from the ancient past named Boethius, he talked about eternity. He defined eternity as the timeless present. It's been blowing my mind recently. So often we think of eternity as endless beginning and endless end, but timeless present captures the fact that there's no time at all. God's not just so long that he outlasts time. All of time itself, he is eternally present. It, it's all one thing. We, we can't even actually be present if you think about it. Because we are in time, we are constantly passing from the past into the future. Every moment, like you can't even stay in a moment before it's the past. We can't even be present, but God not only is present with us, he's the only thing eternally present in all things. That is your father. That is our father. When you pray, that's who we're being, who we're becoming in union with. That's who you're communing with. That's who you're partnering with. He is God, our father, and he is in heaven. This is the invitation to be seated with him in heavenly places to get up into the clouds of eternity, so to speak, to get your head up into the clouds, into the heavens, into God's perspective, into God's reality. Get above it. Get out of it. He can handle it. Remember, he was here before it started anyways or present in it or however all that works. He's inviting you up to be seated with him in heavenly places, to be unified with him in heavenly places, to commune with him in heavenly places, to partner with him in heavenly places as a child of the Father. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't try to make it all make sense. Let him pull you up into the clouds where you realize your head is too small for the clouds. The, how do we say this? The most overwhelming thing about our worlds that we're each in is that we think they're so big. And they are. They're, they're big. They're big for us, and that's real, and that's true. And we need to get pulled up into the heavens. Not just to see how small our world is, but see how big your God is. See how big your Father is. You can be so immobilized in the place of prayer when the thing's so big. And it is big. And let him pull you up into the clouds that he might teach you how to pray. Pull you up into the heavens.
G.K. Chesterton talked about this idea of, he says, the, the logician, the one who tries to make sense of everything, tries to get the heavens into his head. What for, he says, the poet, who, 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 the mystic, who's okay with the mystery. You've probably heard of C.S. Lewis's line that I see everything else by the sun, which is the one thing I can't see. Right? I, I'm okay with this one mystery because it's what makes everything else illuminated. That's, that's kind of what we're talking about when we use the word mystic, this person who's okay with the mystery of God, who allows the mystery of God to illuminate everything else in life. He says, the, the poet is content to be pulled up into the clouds, but the logician tries to get the, the heavens into his head, and it's his head that splits. We've all been there. Prayer is the invitation, just come up into the clouds. Don't try to shove them into your head. Just let your father be the God of the heavens. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. Isaiah 6 verse 4 says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. Revelation 4, we'll jump to verse 7, guys. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within and day and night. They never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. This is his name. His name is Holy our Father in heaven, holy is his name. It's not, the Bible doesn't reveal to us, God himself doesn't reveal to us that his name is love, 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 or hope, 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 or grace, 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 or even friend, friend, friend. He reveals himself to us in the name holy, holy, holy. Our Father in heaven, who is he? Who is your Father in heaven? He is holy. He is your father, but you are not of the same substance of him. You are made in his image, but you are not him. He is not a better, elevated version of us. He is not a conglomeration of many good things or of all things. He is totally and only himself. That's what it means to be holy. He is totally and only himself. His fatherly love is not like the love of any of our fathers. His fatherly love is not like anything. It's just his fatherly love. Any fatherly love we experience or give, it, God's not like that. We got to imitate God in that moment. His fatherly love is simply and completely his fatherly love. We cannot forget his holiness. We cannot forget his holiness, that his fatherly love it is a holy love. And we have to embrace our father with the familiarity as a child. And we have to be careful to not let that familiarity turn into a lack of reverence. But the good news is you don't actually need to be that careful of it, not, of it turning into a lack of reverence. Because the more you actually know him, did you hear about all the creatures with all the eyes? They saw him more than you did. 
longer than you did, clearer than you did, from more angles than you did, and they didn't have to work at all to be reverent. If you're irreverent towards your father, it's because you do not know him. You have not seen him. You have not heard him. Don't worry about, well, I don't want to get too familiar. Just say, God, show me. Show me you are my father who is in heaven and holy is your name. Jesus seemed to think that that revelation would take care of enough for you. You are free to pursue him in the secret place. You are free to come in to the father. You are free to come in to the Father who is in heaven. You are free to come in to the Father who is in heaven. The one who is holy, you are welcomed as a child in the place of prayer. You are welcomed into the secret place to unify with him, to commune with him, and to partner with him. I want you to stand as we end our time this morning. The only practical thing we're going for this whole series, as we've said it before, we'll keep saying it, just let's pray more. I want that. I invite you this week, pray our Father in heaven. Holy is your name. Come in, see the Lord holding the door open, inviting you, come in here. Come in here to the secret place. If you're here this morning and God's doing anything, and if you need prayer for anything at all as we worship in these last few minutes together, our prayer team is going to be up here. Please come get prayer that you need. Have somebody pray with you. But as we end, let us set ourselves towards the secret place. Lord, we love you. And we hear you and we see you and we're asking that you would help us. Help us grow in this place, Lord. Help us leave everything else behind. Help us to simply come into our Father in heaven. We lift up your holy name this morning. Come and move us towards you in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.